everyone. Welcome to episode 142 of the Slice of Healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. On today's episode, we have Caitlin Reich, the Chief Operating Officer at Bowie Health. Let's not waste any time. Let's bring her on the podcast. Thanks so much for joining me on the Slice of Healthcare podcast. How are you today? Hey, I'm great. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm excited for us to chat. I think we should dive right into it. I'd love if you could tell the audience a little bit about your background and then we'll go into today's topic. Great. Sure. Um, so I am the Chief Operating Officer at Bowie Health. I've been with Bowie for two years and prior to Bowie, I was at um, another healthcare tech company, Patient Pop, based in California. And before that, I spent about six years at Athena Health. I have a public health background um, and have always worked in digital health and healthcare technology. Patient Pop. I, I thought I ran into someone at a conference at Hims. Was Patient Pop in like cancer no, no. Um, there's no patient pop is actually a patient acquisition platform so basically a marketing platform for small physicians offices um but maybe something similar a lot of people confuse it with patient ping so yeah it was something it was just something with pop they yeah. were doing um yeah basically looking at someone's like genetic makeup in order to diagnose them with cancer and like different types of um how they would treat it oh you'd like send them in um, it was like, I think they, part of the tumor or something and like they would work on, it was something really crazy. And this was when I first started out in healthcare and I ran into someone I'm like, oh yeah. Um, not knowing it, like any, I went home and looked it up after, but okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, lots of, lots of good stuff going on. That's funny though. Okay. So you were, you, you, you left there, you came to Bowie Health. Yeah. Bowie obviously has had an incredible uh, last uh, last year, uh, I remember I heard about you a little before that, but pandemic hit, and then I was hearing about you everywhere and your efforts and how you were helping with COVID. And then we had Dr. Lay on the the podcast, and he was able to tell us about some of that. Uh, back, gave us a background of what Bowie is. I'd love to hear what your role exactly is at Bowie and kind of what what you do, and then we'll go into some of. Uh, I know you wanted to talk about some uh, D, uh, what is it, D, E, I, and A yes. uh, initiatives that, that Bowie is uh, really sticking to. So I, I'd love to hear more about your role first. Yeah, sure. So um, I joined Bowie a couple of years ago and a COO really overseeing all of our execution functions. So um, our administrative functions, finance people, legal teams, and then our R&D teams as well. Um, I now also oversee our customer success and implementation teams. Um, so really involved across the board, very much a cross-functional role, um, and uh, which you know is what led me to really oversee and, and, and take on our diversity diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts. Yeah, so you're involved with a little bit of everything and probably yeah. not enough time. Am I right? Yeah, <laughs> I think you're, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, yeah. COO roles, as I've learned, are really always different. Um, and, and at Bowie, it's um, really about for being the connector across the business and across all of these different departments and functions. But um, really, I, I lean on the incredible leaders that we've brought on and developed in each of those functions um, and really just sort of help them remove blockers and, and, um, and, and connect them with the rest of the business. Perfect. 
-hmm. Well, I think we should shift focus now to the focus today, which is diversity, equity, inclusivity, and accessibility, right? Because you had, we went through this for yeah. the audience. Uh, they have an extra thing that you focus on, accessibility, um, with kind of the, the acronym. So I'd love if you could tell us more about some of these initiatives um, and then what led you, I guess, in particular to kind of want to be the champion uh, for these efforts at Bowie. Yeah, great, thanks. So, you know, for us, DEINA, um, so we call it diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility. So as you said, we add accessibility because we are a healthcare tech company. We make our technology available to the public, to all consumers on our site, Bowie.com. And so our goal is to be the best way to get better for everyone. And if we didn't include accessibility um, and the inclusivity of our products in our company-wide efforts, then there's no way we could do that. We, there's no way we could be the best way to get better for everyone. Um, so it's really important um, to us that we include um, product, all of our R&D, design, the design teams, the user research teams in our DEINA efforts. Um, and we uh, it's part of the reason that I oversee this effort um, because it really is very, very cross-functional. You know, I think a lot of companies see DE and I as a people team effort or as a C-suite effort, but for us, it's everyone's responsibility. Our DEINA team includes representatives from, as I mentioned, product design, R&D, um, our legal team, our people team, our medical team, our marketing team, and our business development team. So across the board, everyone is involved, um, which is part of the reason it was sort of the, the COO or the operational um, responsibility uh, for, for the company. Yeah, well, it's we just we throw we throw it into your uh, your bag of everything else you have to do as well. Wow. Yeah. Um, how does it tie to your business objectives? Well, it's funny because we never really thought about that. Um, it's, you know, for us, it's just basics. Like it's something that we knew we needed to do um, as a company. It wasn't about whether this was good business or not, or it made financial sense, or there was some sort of business case tied to it. It was simply that, you know, it's the right thing to do for our employees, for our product, for the industry. Um, this is, you know, I think if you tried to make a business case for it, you might say, well, Bowie's a pretty small company. They're not, not profitable, venture-backed. Um, maybe it doesn't uh, make sense for us to invest a whole lot of time and energy into this effort, but that really wasn't ever a consideration for us. Um, you know, we believe that our products need to be accessible and inclusive and that our company needs to be um, inclusive, diverse and equitable um, and that everybody deserves to work in a workplace that operates that way. How would you say yourself and the rest of the team kind of hold everyone accountable to, to stay on top of these initiatives? Yeah, well, first, I mean, a little bit kind of about our initiatives. So we first really knew we needed to understand where we were as a company when we started this effort. So we did a lot of baselining. We looked across our company, um, did some, a demographic survey, published our first DEINA report that sort of um, outlined where we were as a business across all of these different 
um, efforts and, and measurements. So how diverse is our is our company? Um, are the people here? How inclusive are we as a business? How included do, does everybody who works at Bowie, does everybody who works at Bowie feel in the efforts? And then how inclusive and accessible are our products? And so we sort of published this report that provided this baseline, you know, to everybody in our company and also externally. And then that allows us, you know, a starting point from which we can measure ourselves. Um, so we use, in terms of holding ourselves accountable, we use a lot of um, company-wide surveys, a lot of cross-functional forums, uh, employee chats. We discuss what we're doing externally, like we're doing today, but also on our blog, um, which allows other people to hold us accountable. And it, it, you know, it forces us to hold ourselves accountable as well. Um, so I think it's you know, very much about kind of sharing what we do um, and, and you know, pushing ourselves to continue to do better. I'll also say that this effort is sort of a, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Once we stated that this was really important to us um, and we put ourselves out there talking about it, you know, we ended up attracting people to our company when we were hiring. We, we ended up hiring about 35 people during the pandemic, but hiring people that really care about this too and bringing people on that are going to hold us accountable, hold their executives accountable um, to all of these efforts. So, um, you know, I think there are a variety of factors, but it's really just about making this a company-wide initiative, stating externally and internally that this is important, making it one of our um, seven company-wide objectives for the year, and then keeping um, that up quarterly, uh, and then going from there. So um, a variety of variety of ways, but we've been able to been able to stick to it so far. Now you're you're all still completely remote. Is that is that right? We are, we are. So we have a few people who go into the office every now and then. Um, they use our, actually our own product, um, our back to work product, but for, for the most part, we're completely remote. And we established a work from wherever policy for the company post pandemic as well. So people can live where they wanna live, work where they wanna work. Um, and I would say that also contributes to our um, internal uh, diversity equity and inclusion efforts, being able to hire people across the country, regardless of their location, um, you know, allows us to really create a more diverse workplace. We were pretty bi-coastal before, a lot of people from New England um, and a lot of people from California. And I'm really excited to say that we have much more representation across the country now. Also, people are able to live in more affordable places than Boston um, and New York City. So um, again, really allowing us to increase our socioeconomic diversity as well. Yeah, if there's one thing I would say, which there, there's not many things, but one thing good that actually came out of the pandemic was it seems like we realized that more people can work from anywhere and I mean, it really depends on the person. If someone's not, if someone's not getting their work done and stuff, then maybe they, they're, they're just not meant, maybe they weren't going to be good in the office either because right. it, everyone I've talked to that has this opportunity to work from anywhere has really loved it. And they, they do miss the face-to-face. -face. So I think there's the next challenge is going to be how do, how do like little summits and retreats come together at, at certain times with everyone, which obviously that that'll present another challenge, right? With scheduling and flights and everything. But, yeah. but the, the fact that um, I, I still think that stuff needs to happen. It doesn't need to happen frequently, 
but at least at least once or twice a year, I would say there needs to be some sort of face to face, or at least give everyone the opportunity to have the face to face, yeah. whether they uh, take it, that's their choice. Oh yeah, we're we're absolutely in the the throes of figuring that out right now, putting together our work from wherever plan. So we, we decided, luckily we decided early that we were gonna do this. We decided back in July that we were gonna move to a work from wherever policy, even post pandemic, you know, nobody knew what the timeline was at that point, but uh, we, we stated that's what we would do. So we, you know, that really allowed people to pick their heads up, think about where they wanted to live, how they wanted to work um, and, and um, be where they wanted to be. So, you know, it's also, I think, this remote work has really forced people, forced everybody to accept um, this sort of like bring yourself whole self to work mentality. It was something we talked about a lot at Athena Health. It's something I've always felt like be who you are and bring your whole self to work. And remote work has really forced that. We've got kids sitting in, you know, little kids sitting in laps during Zoom meetings. We've got, um, you know, there's a lack of childcare. We've got people, you know, all over the place traveling, um, um, working, working, you know, in their parents' homes or, with their family around. So I think it's really forced that, which has been great. And, um, and I also think, you know, now we're figuring out, yes, how do we bring people together in a responsible way, um, in a way that makes everybody feel comfortable, but we're thinking, you know, quarterly company-wide retreats once travel is accepted, acceptable again and, and, and more widespread. So, um, and then a variety of other sort of social events. It will be much more deliberate in terms of how we bring people together and, and the why behind it, um, as opposed to just expecting people to be butts in desks, butts at desks um, every day. Well, I'm excited to continue the conversation with you and Bowie Health. And I know we want to do some other episodes together on some topics. So maybe you'll be on another one of those and we can, uh, you can either circle back to this topic, see how things are going with it, yeah. or we can talk about something else. And I don't think we'll ever run out of something to talk about based on the different hats that you wear. So I'm excited to, uh, to stay in touch with you. And I, I thank you me so too. much for joining me on the podcast. Great. Me too. Thanks so much, Jared. I look forward to touching base about this again. Hey everyone. I wanted to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Block Health. Block Health is building the ecosystem of services and solutions to power the future of healthcare. Through their platform, healthcare professionals and organizations can enter, upload, and share core credentialing documents and information. Professionals and organizations then have the opportunity to use that information to order multiple services and solutions like credentialing, state license registration, certifications, payer enrollment, renewals, and more. On average, the Block Health platform saves users 40 to 60% on credentialing and licensing related costs. Organizations can use Block Health as an extension of their team or as their whole licensing and credentialing team. Today, Block Health works with some of the top healthcare organizations. To learn more about Block Health, please visit www.blockhealth.com. That's B L O C H E A L T H.com and follow them on their social channels at Block Health. Thanks for listening. Thank you to everyone that listened to this week's episode of the Slice of Healthcare podcast. If you'd like to 
check out more of our podcasts. We're available on all the major podcast channels. And you can check us out on our website, www.sliceofhealthcare.com. And that'll have all of our past guests on there. Uh, You can see our sponsors and you can learn more about actually becoming a guest. Thanks and look forward to another episode next week.